If someone were afraid of the dentist, maybe they haven't been in a long time, maybe they're embarrassed because they haven't been in a while, I feel like this would be a really safe place for them to go and get the care that they need. At Advanced Dentistry, we get it. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, if you want to learn how IV sedation can change your life, visit NoFearDentist.com. Save the UK. I'm Nish Kumar. And I'm Coco Khan. Welcome to part two of our festive special, looking ahead to 2024. And if this year is anything like last year, that is going to be horrifying. <laughs> We're joined by comedians Catherine Bohart and Andy Zaltzman, who will be looking ahead to the big moments of the next 12 months. We'll be trying to make some predictions and we will be holding them to it. Because you can't just make an inaccurate prediction and get away with it, unless, of course, you're a British newspaper columnist, in which case, say anything you like, you get paid for life. Happy New Year and welcome to the first show of 2024, which confusingly we're recording in 2023 because we are going to get our money's worth out of our special guests, Andy Zaltzman and Catherine Bohart. If you haven't heard them help us make sense of the binfire that was British politics in 2023, please do give our last episode a listen. We had a lot of fun making it. So let's reintroduce our fabulous panel properly. Catherine Bohart is an actor, writer and comedian who you'll probably recognise from her appearances on shows like Mock the Week and Live at the Apollo. She also co-presents the podcast Trusty Hogs, and she'll be touring her stand-up show again with feelings from March next year. Andrew Andy Zaltzman is a comedian <laughs> and uber cricket nerd. He's the chair of Radio 4's The News Quiz and also hosts the satirical podcast The Bugle, which frequently features me. Andy <laughs> will also be out on the road from March next year with his Bugle live shows. Um, nice to see you both. Thank you for continuing to be with us here. Oh, thanks. Oh, it's been great. We've been hanging out for the last, what, five, six days since we were <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Also, I haven't moved, so yeah. things are really starting to smell down there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Why do I have to sit beside <laughs> oh, no. um, Catherine, I don't like being is... described as an Uber cricket fan, by the way, Nish. I just make it sound like you can just you book me through an app. When <laughs> on demand cricket. cricket. Yeah, I know, but that is sort of how I treat you, Andy. When the cricket's on, I do text you quite a lot Andy... to ask for the statistical backgrounds to various various players' careers. And may I refer to you, you to the episode we just made where you talk about cricket an inordinate amount oh, yeah. for a political <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Very cool. Um, call. He only speaks in, what is it, referee, commentator? Go on. Uh, for uh, listeners from outside the UK, if I may quote from my own stand-up material, cricket is the result of baseball having unprotected sex with a library. Um, <laughs> it so is. God, it's boring. Catherine, what is the one thing oh, you would love oh, to happen dear. to you in 2024? <laughs> I've just moved in with my girlfriend and her par- and her her friends are my our friends. Yeah. Oh, why am I blaming her? It would be rude to say to move out. Um, <laughs> I keep calling my car my panic room, and she's like, "Don't say that." <laughs> um, gosh, what would I? I I boring. I would love to see this government gone. Sorry, but, that, but it does that feel like they're to. happening to me. That's why it's in my my brain. It's like, oh my god, how is this still? Also. I would love to think that there are there are probably people who've been voting their entire voting life has been losing. Yeah. Has mm. been going oh, That's whoa. me. That's yeah. me. Really? Oh, yeah, God, yeah, yeah. The only things. one I've uh only one I've won personally me was uh Sadiq Khan's mayoral election. 
Good Lord. I was hungover just... for like four days after that. Yeah, I just <laughs> want the kids to have a good time. I, I, I voted in uh, 2005, so I did uh, vote for the winning side. Uh, in nice. my first election. But since then, it has been, been downhill, a, baby. a yeah. slow descent bar Sadiq. <laughs> I got here in 2012 and it's been whew, nice. <laughs> rough. Do you remember winning, Andy? Winning? Um, well, not not in, not in anything that I've achieved myself. <laughs> not, um, but at least you, I, I, I you backed the right horse a couple of times. Yeah, I, I came second in the silver medal winning championships at my local um, <laughs> club. Was, I don't know if that counts as a win or not. Um, what would you love to happen to you in 2024? To me personally? Sauce? Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to turn 50 in 2024. and I'd It's next year the big 5-0. It is, yeah. Um, I'd quite like that not to happen. <laughs> um, not, not in terms of me dying before. I just think... I, I think I should be given another year in my 40s, I think. Um, I'd like to win Wimbledon, but, I mean, <laughs> it's good to set the bar. But Those two... Those two things seldom coincide. Yeah. Do they have an over fifties amateur competition? Not, not in not as part not of the yet, main. Not yet. Not yet. No, not yet. So, um, yeah, but I'd just I'd I'd like to learn to levitate, um, <laughs> and just like float around. I think that would be like a fun way to get through the year. Okay. So next time we see you, you'll be David Blaine. No, I'm not saying I'll achieve it. I'm just saying it'd be quite nice to be able to do it. Exactly. I'm not predicting that's going to happen, Coco. I have just remembered one thing I'd actually quite like what? to happen to me. I would quite like to be the first lesbian couple to have an accidental baby. I mean, I would just love if we what, just... you mean just like some just accidental sperm just floating <laughs> no, I mean, around like, in the slipping ether. on a turkey baster. I just mean like, I'd like all the trying to work and it's not... Because I don't really know how, like, how we're supposed to do it or the theft, I assume. Oh, what, you mean just um, like, and everyone's like, how did that happen? Yeah, and it's like, we just really committed to it. <laughs> we, we, you know we, we managed to <laughs> it. Yeah. Okay. We put it on our vision board. <laughs> We may have some of our wishes come true because under British law, if an election hasn't been called by the fifth anniversary of the last one, Parliament is automatically dissolved and an election is held 25 working days later. The fifth anniversary of our last election is the 17th of December 2024, meaning the latest possible election date is the 28th of January 2025. Can you hang on that? Are you going to be able to survive? For this next so maybe thirty is, is months, is the country going to be able to survive <laughs> for that long? Yeah. Did, would, so did basically, technically, if they do delay until January, I think twenty twenty four would just be extended a month. <laughs> <laughs> um, they'll go to the Supreme Court, yeah. and they'll get some ruling about what a year is, <laughs> or that twenty twenty five is unsafe. Actually, yeah. Yeah, and we won't yeah. be moving into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm genuinely going to open a sweepstake on this, and I'm uh, we'll put. A tenor in and the closest gets the pot. I, I personally am going to go for uh, October the 17th uh, because that's just before it starts to get really dark and cold. So when he loses, Sunak can jet off to California and spend Christmas in the Santa Monica penthouse that he owns. Well, uh, anybody else got any specific date suggestions? I'm wondering when Silicon Valley companies do their most hiring. I'm not entirely sure. Listen, I'm going to go December 16th. I think we are assuming, like a rational person would call it before then. I think we're assuming he's a rational person. A rational person would never have left California and dinner parties with people who are richer than God to run <laughs> to run a cabinet of fuckwits who could only agree on like one, a, a party that agreed on one thing in the last however many years and it was that they prefer Liz Trust to you. Yeah. Like that is not a reasonable man. So the latest possible date is where I'm putting my money. A Cabinet of Fuckwits is my favourite Tom Wolfe novel. <laughs> um, I've got a few dates that I think are quite likely 
25th of December. Um, <laughs> yeah. I Wait, think, do you mean the election will be on? Yeah, on the 25th of December. <laughs> I think they are going to just... The only the only way that they, they think they can win is to ruin Christmas. No, but on a serious note, yeah. that was being touted, not the 25th of December. It's going to be the 25th, Cody. <laughs> but, but a December election, knowing full well that people will be disengaged. I mean, that has been... Yep. Speculated in the press, yeah, and uh, also that presumably older Tories don't have families who want to come around, so <laughs> they can go to the poll, the the, the, the yep. polling booth. Um, also, you know, the economy will get boosted in the previous like ten days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that might work. Um, Chilling. The fourteenth uh, of February, which is a Wednesday, but you know, to to try to get people to vote to feel. The love yeah, for yeah, democracy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure we've ever had a Valentine's Day election. Um, I don't know. I'm not a rocket scientist. Um, first of August because it's during the Olympics, and that that's and in fact I think a snap Olympic. I've called it. I've suggested this many times over the years. A snap Olympics is what this country. Is. <laughs> a uh, 31st of October, Halloween just seems appropriate. Or just Tuesday, for the bands. Tuesday, Tuesday the 5th of November, which is the day of the US presidential election. <gasps> I think we should double up. Also bonfire night, right? Yeah. Isn't that... Yeah, yeah. Didn't the guy destroy Parliament then? Well, well he, he tried. He, he tried. Yeah. He quite famously did. not <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember him. A guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah technically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you, you're so close. Just <laughs> keep going. <laughs> you skirted around the details. A man called Guy <laughs> tried but failed to destroy Parliament. You've transmogrified that into a guy blew up Parliament. Yeah. That's sorry. the way media works, isn't That's it? That's the plot of Vendetta. I'm so sorry. Let's talk about a man likely to be Prime Minister within the next 12 months, excluding some sort of weird disaster or act of God. It's Sir Keir Starmer. Or, or assuming that the British electorate doesn't do what seems to come naturally to it and just vote for the Conservatives. Yeah, yeah that is the default, isn't it? Um, so what are our expectations from him? He's obviously trying to keep a low profile. He just wants the Tories to implode. Fair play, that is working. They are doing that. But as the polls traditionally tighten, Labour will will need a 12% swing to win a majority. So if their 20-point lead narrows to 15 as we approach the election, he's going to need to do more to inspire the voters. What would that look like for you guys? I just really hope one of his New Year's resolutions is like gain weight but in his personality. But I feel like he won't. I think the tricky thing about Starmer finally being, and I keep forgetting that is what comes next probably, yeah. with him actually being PM, is that he'll go to stuff like NATO summits and we'll have to be like, yep, that's I am chose because I'm so used to now being like oh well he's the one everybody else wanted and at least he's not that other guy but having to be like yep that's my yeah. guy that's our guy it's just like it's like I don't know if anybody else had like a very un, like non-competitive dad at sports day but my dad was like a runner but he couldn't be fucked to try at sports day you know like when the dads have to race so you just have to be like yeah that's my dad yeah I don't and it's just so frustrating I think it'll be that um, very specific answer to your question. <laughs> I mean, since we've said the last couple of people that we've said, which is sort of pork market Sally and the Microsoft paperclip in human form, it, it feels like anything would sort of be an upgrade. Um, Andy, what do you think Starmer's got to do to capture the imagination of the British public? Well, I think he'll probably remain cautious. Um, I don't think people will particularly warm to him, which in some ways it might be a good a good thing for for politics. I would hope as we get close to election, we'll see yeah a bit more political ambition and um, precision in a, a sort of vision of what he hopes his government will be able to achieve within the constraints that they will they will inherit. So I don't think it's going to be spectacular. It probably doesn't need to be spectacular as he, you know, just stands there and say, look at these guys. 
that should be enough. You know, I think if he just does the job he's supposed to do, we might rally around him. Have you ever seen um, a friend who used to have a terrible boyfriend get a like completely bland new one? Yes. People yeah, yeah. are like, Dave's the freaking best. This guy's amazing. <laughs> like it takes like 12 years before you're like, so like, does Dave have any interests? Or who cares? He's matter. not the guy before. It so doesn't I, matter. Yeah. He didn't start a kitchen fire at the last house fire. I mean? like, there's a lot to be. We might really rally. <laughs> I think for some like Scooby Doo takes his mask off. It's Clement Attlee. Surprise! Oh, well, that would I mean, be that, amazing. But I think with AI and with the power of the occult. <laughs> We can basically we can basically achieve that. I mean, because I don't know who they've been consulting in recent years, but I think the Rwanda policy was essentially a seance involving, um, I don't know, Beelzebub himself and Enoch Powell, Enoch, possibly Enoch Powell, and um, yeah, Salvador Dali. Essentially, that's you know, so why not? So we also know there's going to be an election in America. Um, They will vote for their next president on November the 5th. I guess the two questions are, can anyone stop Trump from winning the nomination? And (laughs) I mean, that's the only question, please. Number two, please can someone stop Trump from winning the presidency? He's facing so many different court cases. There's electoral interference in Georgia. There's civil fraud in New York and the classified documents case in Florida. But also... There's the hush money case in New York and there's the whole federal case about the, you know, the time on uh, January the 6th when uh, him and a bunch of Nazis tried to steal the whole government. It's absolutely astonishing. He's currently polling, I would say, alarmingly high. Is there anything that can stop him? Well, I think there possibly is. And if you think back to the previous two elections that he ran in, he lost the popular vote and by quite a massive margin last time. So, I mean, he inspired the biggest ever vote against a sitting president. Yeah. So you would, he's not done anything to win new supporters. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. I mean, it, if he does win, it would basically look like the end of civilization. I think it might actually be a zombie apocalypse as previous generations rise from their graves <laughs> and say, America, you have let yourselves down very badly. <laughs> it's hard to envisage a world in which him winning again is possible, but it does seem to be harrowingly possible. And it, it, I mean, it, it is astonishing what America is doing to itself. Yeah. Are you it, worried, Catherine? Yeah, I mean, I'm worried. I think it's more likely a case that he will, it will be Joe Biden who loses it for himself. But I also do think we're in a situation where the only thing that could really stop either of them um, is, it's weird that the American politicians are so old that it feels yeah. like maybe death is the answer for either to end their campaign. But it's weird to be in a situation where you could wake up and hear the news that both presidential candidates have died and be like, natural causes? <laughs> I guess. Well, they just started doing duels again. Like yeah. in the glory <laughs> they both got what they wanted. That's right, get a good decent musical youth. out of it. <laughs> <laughs> They're both like, nostalgia for our youth, let's duel it out. Oh, yeah, God. wild. The only thing that could make this worse is a rapping Donald Trump. <laughs> the New York Times calls BritBox the best of British telly. Stream acclaimed original series, including Payback, starring Peter Mullen. Stonehouse, starring Matthew McFadden, and Archie, the man who became Cary Grant, starring Jason Isaacs. Plus, discover powerful new series like Three Little Birds and the return of BAFTA-winning drama Time, starring Bella Ramsey, Tamara Lawrence, and Jodie Whittaker. Stream the best of British TV only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. 
The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Andy and Catherine are kindly sticking around for a few more minutes to help Nish and I go through the contents of the PSUK mailbag. Don't worry, guys. Yes, there could be complex questions about our political system, but there are also messages like this one. Hey, gang. Um, it's Matt Leshnevsky. I really like the show and I had a question. Um, there's been a bit of a trend in the past few years with famous people fighting each other in boxing matches. <laughs> I think it started with some YouTube celebrities, um, but now there's been chat about a Zuckerberg versus Musk fight. Yeah. Um, and we've also seen politicians going on reality TV shows with Matt Hancock and now Nigel Farage. So I think it's only a matter of time before our politics involve punching the shit out of each other <laughs> live on TV. So my question is, which two politicians would you like to see fight? Uh, I really appreciate your expertise on this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, well, That's guess so first, funny. Catherine, which two politicians would you like to see? For, I also really love the use of the phrase. I, experience, I really appreciate your expertise, expertise on this. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is literally the only <laughs> political conversation we are, are qualified with any expertise. I would say that every Tory combo I can think of would be like that fight scene from Bridget Jones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that said, I would probably cast um, Jacob Rees-Mogg and maybe Steve Baker. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think that's a that's a that's a fight I'd watch. Yeah, that's that that's a fight for or the soul of the heart. Or chase around the ring. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, who would you like to see fight? That's um. That's on what kind of fight are we talking? Are we just talking like? I, I think you can set the parameters. I right. mean, it, 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 the the reference here is to the Musk Zuckerberg that I think would probably be like a sort of MMA right, UFC okay. type. So we're thing. not talking like. Cockfight. Like, well, not not talking Maximus Decimus Meridius against the <laughs> Commodus in front of a Bain Coliseum. I think that would be. I could. I mean, like that that could work. Trump Biden wrestle could be. I mean, it would be more civilized than any debate that they <laughs> that they could just be hacking at each other with swords, and it would be more edifying for for America. So I would quite like to see that because I think that would be a massive improvement on what we're actually actually going to see from a British politics point of view. I think it's time that uh, King Charles started using his hardware. Um, we saw him, <laughs> you know, with all those waggly sticks he had and uh, Sabres. Got, got the built-in helmet. Uh, the guy's the, packing heat, no well, doubt about it. Was, and the, the crown, I mean, doesn't look like it's a particularly efficient form of headgear, but no. actually it's got a force field around it that protects the monarchs. <laughs> That's the monarchs. That's why you never see monarchs with a black eye. <laughs> um, so... So I'd like to see I'd like to see Charles take on the entire cabinet with his magic swords, his magic what was it the, the rods of fucking destiny or whatever it was or unstoppable justice, the, um, <laughs> the um, sledgehammer of everlasting vengeance. Um, that, that's your, those are all nicknames that you have for your penis, Andrew. <laughs> I guess that was our secret. <laughs> What um, goes on tour stays on tour. Um, uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see King Charles fully tooled up with all the royal accoutrements taking on the whole cabinet in a fight for the future of British politics. If he wins, we go back to an absolute monarchy. If not, we're stuck with democracy. It'd be like that scene in Kill Bill where Uma Thurman's character <laughs> takes on, like, 60 people. I mean, 
to it. Yeah. Um, who would you like to see fight? Against? I mean, I don't have anything quite as uh, inventive as, as these two, but I, I, I would be interested in maybe seeing the two female prime ministers duke it out. Theresa May versus Liz Truss. You are erasing the pretty big one. Yeah. Oh, Thatcher. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I guess. Okay. Mm, you yeah, mean the two, you'd like to see the two living female prime ministers? Yeah, I reckon they could take her right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not, I am not t- sure about that. Yeah, yeah, really... actually, as soon as I said it, I didn't yeah. think it was true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just think that, you know, both of them... As, uh, look, I, I, I'm just interested to see the damage that Theresa May's pointed toe can do, pointed shoes. She yeah. famously wore those. And I do feel that Liz Truss, um, she always wears a pussy bow. I think that is, everybody knows in a street fight, you don't wear a tie. You don't wear a thing around the neck. I just think it would be a very fashionable brawl. And I'm interested in that. <laughs> I go Johnson versus Farage. I just, I want to see one of them go down. And I think the the other is the only one who could take the other down. Like I, they, they both seem like, it, it feels like this is what happens when an unstoppable force of racism meets an immovable object of also racism. Yeah. Um, we're going to finish with a lucky dip of PSUK listener questions. Oh, oh nice. we actually have a news He's hat. Got a prop. That's so. Our fun. producer Musty has bought in a news hat, a phrase coined by Coco Khan, <laughs> uh, uh, for reasons that we have no idea about. So I'm just going to go into the hat and pull out a uh, random listener question uh, that's on a piece of paper. I mean, this is just feel like this is how uh, debates should be conducted. Matthew Blackscad asks, it annoys me when people criticise MPs based on their voting records, when in reality, saying this twat voted for X bill I hate is basically saying this guy is a member of her or his political party, which doesn't really tell you about exactly how much of a twat they are. This is what it means to have political parties. It's what we're all voting for when we put our ex against a candidate who we've never heard of, but who has the right colour rosette velcroed to the system that governs Westminster. Maybe you might question whether things would be better if individual politicians could speak their mind a bit more, instead of marching step with their parties like zombies. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, I do agree with that. I think we need more independent MPs generally. Whatever format our second chamber takes, there needs to be scope for a lot of independence, I think, that brings sort of expertise and a bit of of balance. And when you say what we're voting for, because of the nature of our our first-past-the-post system, to be honest, what we're voting for is quite often what we're voting against. Yeah. Um, And Mm. also, it's... To, to interpret what someone actually means when they vote, bearing in mind, you know, if you live in a city, if you might be a passionate Green Party supporter, there's obviously no point voting Green yeah. in a general election unless you live in Brighton. So, so for a start, you can't do that. Then you might want um, a Labour government, but in order to do that, you've got to vote Liberal Democrat to stop the Conservatives from... from so there's all this, this subtext of votes is impossible to say. So until we have a system where which can interpret from how angrily the X is written in the box <laughs> on exactly what that person meant. Did you break the pencil or not? <laughs> then, then, then clearly proportional representation is not a uh, a panacea. It doesn't it doesn't fix all, all the problems, but I think it would allow an element of compromise in our politics, which um, appears to have otherwise uh, gone the way of the dodo. Yeah. Let's From say, a PR country, I would say absolutely. I'll never forget the first time that I, I saw Britain go into absolute collapse because they might have a hung parliament. I have to cooperate. Yeah. Yeah, have to grow up, essentially. <laughs> I, yeah. I was like, what is going... Genuinely, adults being like, what? <laughs> listen to each other, is it? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, if you don't mind. Like, yeah, is, that, is that cool? Oh, wild. Shall I do one? Yeah. Also, we ended up in a coalition with two guys who were basically the same man. <laughs> exactly. And they just decided from the outset who would be the yeah. bully. 
bizarre. Oh, Laura asks, would you ever or have you ever, <laughs> would you ever or have you ever kissed a Tory? No. no. Not to my not knowledge. Not knowingly. Yeah. Not knowingly, yeah. Also, I mean, if I'm going back through the list, it's not going to take long. <laughs> yeah. oh, give, give me five minutes to nip outside and make a couple of calls. <laughs> um, but what, the question romantically is... kissed a Tory. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like some, other kisses some other with your mouth? Oh. Or like a Fredo kiss from Godfather 2. <laughs> Judas kiss. Wait a second. But the question I think that's more interesting, especially for you, if you don't mind, um, is would you ever... Would I ever kiss yeah. a Tory? Um, no, I, um, I I think that if I... I think there would be serious problems within my long-term relationship if I kissed anyone else. But I think it's... I think... I'm not, I don't want to speak out of turn here. And I will check with her to clarify how she feels about this. I think she would be furious if I cheated on her with anyone. But I think she'd be doubly furious if it was a Tory. Yeah, yeah. Mine too. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think I would I would kiss a Tory in certain circumstances. If, for example, I'd been told that if I kissed that Tory, they would turn back into a frog. <laughs> I might I might you know be yeah. prepared to do that. Yeah. But like I'm in a long long term I've been with my wife since 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 the Tories were in power in the nineteen nineties, actually. But um um I think it depends how much they like cricket as well. But anyway, that's a different, different <laughs> I'd say I probably would imagine that cricket and conservative, yeah. that's yeah. quite so a high I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. Okay. That's not uncomfortable for me. Okay, so we've got a question here from Charlie Taylor. They ask, with the year coming to an end and the countdown to what I personally hope is the Tories' electoral death sentence sometime next year, I wanted to ask you, what do you think is the worst thing the Tories have done in their decade-plus tenure? I mean, I, I think it's difficult to evaluate in terms of worst, but for me, it all comes back to the programme of austerity because the central message that the financial crisis was the result of excess government spending is was simply a mistruth. Like it was a simple, it was a straightforward lie. And it, it it's the kind of original sin of the last 13 years of governing because it creates uh, huge gaps in government funding. It sets problems in the NHS that then come back to haunt us as soon as the COVID pandemic starts. It, it, even the sort of decimation of large parts of the country and then the sort of rhetorical blaming of the European Union uh, kind of lays the foundations for some of the elements of the Brexit vote. So, I mean, for me, whilst I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing that they've done specifically, it's the kind of core original sin of the last 13 <laughs> years of government. I feel like there's too much to choose from for a start, but... I'm going to pick something a bit more obscure, which is the Conservatives going for the National Trust. Because I felt like that was a... Uh, I mean, I know it's been a, a kind of a progress from the patrician Tory to this kind of like neoliberal yeah. um, money state trumps burners. everything, yeah. state burners. Like I know that's been it, it, happening for a long time, but I feel like sometimes they keep it under wraps and yeah. they try and present themselves as the party of, you know our history, our heritage, our yeah. preserving the best things about Britain. Um, but actually, they're, they're not. Um, no. And so I think that was like a... I wouldn't say that was the worst thing they did, but I thought it was an interesting thing they did when they started going for, uh, like, historic country houses for yeah. being too woke. I, yeah. I just think there's been a shift away from the notion of politics as service to one of self-aggrandizement. And I think for me, I, I'm going to pick a more nebulous concept and perhaps it's going to sound naive, but I think the utter eagerness to dehumanise anybody who's other than them, which is a lot of people. Yeah. You see it when they talk about people as boats instead of actual people. You hear it when they, I mean, 
when the entire process during COVID when they managed to lie about like celebratory behaviour in the midst of tragedy. I just think there's a complete absolute repulsion of the notion of empathy or compassion and I would it would be hard for me to ever forgive them for The thing it. about empathy mate is it doesn't pay. It yeah. doesn't but I tell you what it does is the self serving nature of that I think has been pervasive societally. I think we are an angrier, sadder, more furious place to live. And even when I I am too, which is like it, it permeates that yeah. sort of frustration. And you when everybody above you seeks to serve themselves, you, you almost end up giving into that and doing the same. And it makes me so sad. Uh Andrew? Um well that was very eloquently put and I yeah, I mean that's a, a really Good way of looking at it, I think. I mean, in, and also picking up what Nish, Nish was saying, you know, if I, to focus on Brexit, and I, you know, I take that it was a almost a kind of symptom and result of those austerity policies. When I think about the sort of future that my kids are inheriting from this generation of politics, and I think Brexit is still, yeah, sort of the defining aspect of that and for them to sort of grow up without the the freedoms and opportunities that that my generation and my parents generation had is really saddening and um yeah and aside from the the nature of the society that you were talking about Catherine uh, as well so looking ahead to the the few I think the legacy of these 13 years of conservative government is really really depressing and I think it's yeah really hard time to be a, a young person to have you know that the conversation about politics conducted in in that that harsh, aggressive, sort of dehumanising way, plus the fact that whether it's environmentally or in terms of the the jobs you might have or the the, the freedoms you have, being sort of constricted by that. So I think that's it's not it's not a great legacy for thirteen years of government. Yeah. Sort of, to have left behind. I guess, you know, the idea that, you know, they've created a selfish country that is bad vibes. I think we can all agree that has happened. I do wonder if, is it them that has done that or has this been a long, a long creation of a selfish but, nation? Well, I think actually, I actually think we were, a lot of Britain were trying to do the opposite. Like if you think about how most people in the world, not just in this country, behaved during COVID, most people pushed the greater good above themselves. Most people did that enthusiastically, willingly, carefully, considerably. Most people said, I am part of my community and yeah. I care about them regardless of the consequences for me. And even in that context, where everybody sort of surrendered to the betterment of all, this government managed to be so cynical about that behaviour that they came out, made us come out feeling like we somehow are more against one another than we ever have been before. I hate them. <laughs> and, that, and that is sort of probably a hopeful note for us to end on in terms of um, if you lose your faith in politicians, you shouldn't lose your faith in people. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. we shouldn't lose our faith in people's ability to transform politics. As we go into an election year, you know, it is important to remember that we do have agency and we have agency in who we vote for, but then we also have agency in what we pressure them to do once they're in office. And that's probably going to be the key 
thing that keeps me hopeful and optimistic uh, in 2024. Thank you so much to everyone who's got in touch with the show this year. It's been wonderful to see a community of listeners come together around such diverse subjects as various serious political and economic issues, but also a sort of broad interest in uh, Fast and the Furious films <laughs> and people's ridiculous YouTube usernames, most famously of all, Chicken Nug Nugs. Um, we hope you're well uh, wherever you are and you're being... Uh, supplied with as much chicken nug nugs as you can eat oh, turkey nug nugs this time of year <laughs> <laughs> they deserve it um, uh, it just leaves me to say a, a very quick and a very heartfelt thank you to Andy Zaltzman and Catherine Bohart for joining us for the last two episodes it's been a pleasure Nish um, we do, and thank you to the listeners both for listening and for contributing we don't always have time to include your messages on the podcast but we always read them and we love getting your uh, feedback whether it's good or bad we don't really love the bad that was a complete lie. <laughs> So if you do have something you'd like to share with us, you can get in touch by emailing psuk at reducedlistening.co.uk. We love hearing your voices, so do send us a voice note. The number is 07514-644-572. You can save that number, and then when someone asks for you, like chats you up at a pub and you give a fake number, give them at. That's a service we offer. Yes. <laughs> we can do that internationally too. It's plus four four seven five one four six four four five seven two. Thanks very much for listening. You can catch up on episodes. Uh, we'll be back next week. Don't forget to follow at Pod Save the UK in the meantime on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find us on YouTube for access to full episodes and other exclusive content. And if you're as opinionated as we are, consider dropping us a review. Coco will only accept five star reviews, but my bar is lower. I'll take three and up. <laughs> Pod Save the UK is a reduced listing production for Crooked Media. Thanks to senior producer Musty Aziz and digital producer Alex Bishop with additional production support from Tanya Hines, Ed Morrish and Annie Keats-Thorpe. Video editing was by Will Darkin and the music is by Vasilis Fotopoulos. Thanks to our engineer David Dargahi. The executive producers are Anishka Sharma, Dan Jackson and Madeline Herringer with additional support from Ari Schwartz. Remember to hit subscribe for new shows on Thursdays on Amazon, Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye! Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.